This episode of the Disney Film Project is sponsored by TouringPlans.com. Head over to TouringPlans.com and use their tools to save yourself time and money when you are at Walt Disney World or Disneyland. You can use the Lines application on your mobile phone, use the Crowd Calendar to figure out which parks to hit which days, or use the Touring Plans to save time and money waiting in line. TouringPlans.com is the sponsor of this episode of the Disney Film Project. Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project podcast, the show where we talk about the films of the Walt Disney Company and all their assorted subsidiaries, from Marvel to Lucasfilm to Pixar to Touchstone to Hollywood Pictures to the Disney Channel and straight-to-DVD films. We try to touch on it all here on the Disney Film Project podcast. I am your host, Ryan Kilpatrick, and along with the folks you are about to meet, we run DisneyFilmProject.com, where you can find the show notes for this program, as well as Blu-ray reviews, the latest reviews of films in theaters, and all kinds of great content about films past, present, and future for the Disney company. So make sure you go check out all the great stuff over at DisneyFilmProject.com. Joining me, of course, we have our expert film buff, Mr. Todd Perlmutter. You can know him from his role as chief technical officer at DisneyDrivenLife.com. He, he works at OnTheGo and MCO.com. And again, Todd, we are dealing with a film that involves some form of time travel. I believe that you have had a hand in this. And dimensional shifting. I, I wasn't even going to get there, but I knew that it was going to be a problem when we started seeing this, yes. Yes. No, no, I loved it. It was, it was awesome. It was great. I don't know that I really understand um, the surfboard method of time travel. Might be something to investigate at some point in the future, but... I, I think if, if given the choice, that would be my favorite method. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, also joining us, we have our fabulous producer who keeps things running on time around here and makes uh, Todd and I go away from our tangents and edits this into some semblance of coherence. We have Miss Cheryl Perlmutter, who you can find on the web at about.me slash Cheryl P3 or on Twitter at Cheryl P3. How are you this evening, Cheryl? I'm doing good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. You're ready to go for Dole Whip is what you were telling me before we started, and I would like to join you for that, but... I'm like eight hours away. But so. you're gonna be doing well. You're gonna be able to go yourself a dole in a few weeks, right? When you go to L.A., right? This is true. You go to Anaheim. This is this is a very good point. I will. I'm Actually, going to oh, set aside oh, oh, time. Wait, wait, wait. I think we're time. Oh, right. I think this is after you get back. Well, we'll figure. Well, you're time traveling. You'll you'll have it in your near in your escapades. There you go. All right, so uh, today we are discussing the recent Disney Channel original movie, Teen Beach Movie, uh, starring Ross Lynch from the uh, Alley in Austin or Austin and Alley or whatever that show is on Disney Channel. No, it's Austin and Alley. Uh, and Maya Mitchell, and it is the latest Disney Channel original movie sensation. It is the second highest rated Disney Channel original movie beyond High School Musical 2. It's, it's the musical sensation that's sweeping the nation. Uh, so to help us talk about this, we have recruited Mark Deba, Disney lifestyler and uh, Disney fan extraordinaire. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Now, now this, this movie came out on July 19th. I mentioned this. Uh, and, and how many times have you now seen this? 
I've only seen it a few times. I really liked it. Uh, just been really busy with work. So, and and by a few, you mean? Um, I would say like what five or six times now. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. And and Todd, I think you mentioned you've seen it three times now. Yeah, three times. Okay. Uh, so so I mean, in a short amount of time, this film. I don't I don't know that you would say it's taken on High School Musical status. Uh, and literally and the, not. Yes. Because it's still just behind High School Musical. Did you know, though, it's not just Disney's second highest movie. It's the second highest cable television, made-for-cable television movie of all time. Yes. After High School Musical 2. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes, and what, what's interesting about it is that uh, when High School Musical 2 came out, they were not keeping – Nielsen wasn't the live plus seven rating, which for those of you who are not in the TV business – uh, the way that Nielsen measures ratings is there's the overnight rating, which is basically major metro markets, and then there's the, the actual rating rating, which they give you later the next day. So like 4 or 5 p.m. the day after something airs, they tell you what the rating is. So when this came out, they said the day after it had 8.5 million viewers. And then when they factored in the Live Plus 7, which is the DVR, uh, it gained over 5 million viewers in DVR. So people were making time to record this or, or do whatever, which, you know, in the middle of summer, that's a huge number to get that many people. Also, my Mark had found out um, actually that they put it on um, one of their, um, on their, on their app a week early, right, Mark? Yeah, they uh, put it on their Watch Disney Channel app on Monday, the Monday before it premiered. What? Yeah, it that's really, crazy. Yeah, so yeah. apparently they have an app where they put new episodes of their TV shows a week oh. early, and they, they added that one for well. each of their channels. By the way, yeah, oh, really, yep. And you can watch, uh, yeah, you can watch all the episodes. As uh, you have to authenticate that you have live that you have the channel, but yeah, you can exactly. Watch and I have Verizon, so I couldn't watch it a week early. Oh, no good. Yeah, I don't remember all the cable providers that are that are linked up to that, but I, I'm in the same boat as you. I have DirecTV, so I don't think I could do it. I could have. I just didn't know. <laughs> well, there you go. But but since then, you've made up for lost time, and you guys have all watched it. So I've only seen it the one time. Uh, my daughter was exceedingly happy to watch it with me. Uh, my 11-year-old son, not so much. But... Uh... <laughs> But you know what? We started watching the movie. He was supposed to go do something else. Like, literally, he had another appointment, and he watched the first hour of it with me. So it couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> it's true. So we should talk about the premise of the movie because it's, it's kind of funky. Like I mentioned to Todd, there's some time travel and dimensional travel. But the idea being uh, of Teen Beach Movie is literally that – the main characters go back in time and are inserted into uh, a 1960s beach movie, which is kind of cool if you know, uh, if you saw the dedication at the beginning of the film, if you're on Disney Channel, they dedicated the movie to Annette Funicello, Mm -hmm. uh, who was one of the originators of the beach movie franchise. In fact, that's that's how they dedicated her, that says, uh, in in memory of Disney legend Annette Funicello, the world's most beloved beach movie star. That yep. was fantastic. I really yeah. love that they did that. Yeah, well, I, if you guys remember, when we were doing our year preview, we said that they – and we were talking about this movie. We said on our year preview show at the beginning of the year, the, like one of the first episodes this year, we said that's what they should do for this movie. So I'm really glad mm-hmm. they did. Yep. 
I don't know if they did for the DVD version. It's, I'm not sure of that or not. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I watched it. I watched a digital copy uh, the second two times. I didn't watch one that was on the DVR, and it doesn't. It didn't have it. So interesting. Okay, but still, um, if if you know any of your your cinematic history, you know Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon started a movie called Beach Party for American International Pictures, mm-hmm. which is still one of the funniest names in the history of film. <laughs> American International Pictures. Yeah, uh, but. They, and it basically launched a franchise of beach movies, an entire genre of, of beach movies. And Annette and Frankie Avalon basically appeared in about seven or eight more movies from there and you know, yep. all through the 60s, all kinds of stuff. Yep, it basically was what paired them. Now, interestingly, Frankie plays Frankie in the movies, but Annette plays a girl named Dolores in the movies. Yes, and they call her Dee Dee. DD, that's right, and it uh, and it, it, like you said, it's it's seven. I just wanted to mention one more of them because it actually ties into this movie. Yeah, um, is that um, the the gang in Teen Beach movie is called the Rodents, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, in the second Beach Party movie, which is called Muscle Beach Party, that's where the uh, bikers first show up because they don't show up in the first movie because the first movie is about them fixing up a a couple. Okay. Uh, they the source. This is the source of the rodents. Is that gang because they're called the Rat Pack and they're referred to as the men are referred to as rats and the female are referred to mice. Hence, why this gang is called the rodents in this movie. Yep. Yeah. So, if if you haven't seen the the original Beach Party movies, I can't with with all honesty tell you that they're great cinema, <laughs> but they they are pretty fun and and quirky and just you know one of those things that's just a cheesy fun thing to watch on a, on a rainy day or something like that so uh there's a in fact there's a dvd set out that has all seven of them there's also a there's also a 1987 spoof that stars Frankie and Annette spoofing themselves in the beach movie called back to the beach i saw that in theaters thank you Me very too. much <laughs> and and it's one of the funniest comedy spoof type movies ever for folks who haven't seen it so that's just my opinion indeed it's it's a good it's a good one and especially if you've seen any of the beach movies it's um you would enjoy it i, I actually went back and watched it again after watching a couple of those so but so that's that's enough about the the beach films except to know that you know this is a genre that disney did not get involved in but it's one of those things that was very big back in the 60s uh so as we said this film is based on the premise it is a musical so it's sort of combining high school musical and the camp rock and the way that disney had done these original movies with that beach movie premise but putting the modern twist on it of having the main characters be inserted into this 60s environment so i and again like when we first talked about the premise of this back at the beginning of the year I think we were all pretty enthusiastic about it because it it, it, it was going to go one of two ways. It was going to be really, really good and, and fun and quirky, or it was going to be really terrible and just uh, one of those train wrecks you can't look away from. And I, I would say it probably went towards the first. It was, it was pretty fun. I, I think it's probably in terms of trying to revive the whole High School Musical thing, which I don't really believe that Disney has managed yet. I think that this came closer than any other attempts. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I haven't seen – so I, what I haven't seen from this that I, I remember when the first High School Musical came out is the, the, the kids singing the songs or the, you know, the, the replays that are coming on every week. I mean 
for that time frame when High School Musical came out, I I swear that movie was on nearly twenty four seven. Yeah, they're not playing it as much. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in high school when the original High School Musical came out, and I avoided it as much as possible. But it was like I couldn't. It was everywhere. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if it's because if you think back to when uh, High School Musical one and two were out, is DVRs were basically non-existent when one came out. You know, in terms of, they existed, but I mean, they were not as pervasive as they are today. And they yeah. were first on the upward string, swing when two came out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. a really good point. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it, they, uh, like I said, the, the ratings for this, you know, grew exponentially when you, when you factored in DVR. So uh, that's probably a good reason why they're not re-airing it. But it's, it, like you said, Mark, when, when, when High School Musical came out, I, I was with you. Like, I tried to avoid it, which I now regret because I actually enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, but you couldn't. It was everywhere. Uh, so this, this hasn't quite become that cultural phenomenon. But it's, it's probably, like you said, Todd, the closest they've come since that. Yeah, I, I think this time they figured it out more. You know, like, like remember when Camp Rock came out, it just wasn't as – it was okay, but it wasn't – it clearly wasn't High School Musical. Yes. Right? Yeah, people, people were really into Camp Rock because of the Jonas Brothers, but it wasn't like they were into the movie. They were into the stars. Right, yep. and it had a few good songs, you know. Like I, I'm, I always think to the one where he reads her the love letter, right? as a song but <laughs> um but other than that you know it just wasn't there but this I, I think they were smart one of the things that they did um was remember all the junior actors that were the background people in the third high school musical movie yeah right they hired them all back and they're all the people that are in this movie oh i didn't even notice that and i really like that movie yeah so it's uh it, I, so they you know they pick people who would be not the same characters, but might be familiar on the eyes, even though they're like, you know, four years older, right? Four years older? Uh, it might even be longer than that. I don't remember, to be honest with you. Well, we are doing the podcast when three came out, so I kind of feel... Well, you never know how many old, years older they are, because they, um, they, they always like to... Does he always, I hate to say this, like Simmons portray age? Mm-hmm. No, very true. So they they don't want you know they don't want you knowing how old these these people are. No, they don't. No, they do not. Yeah. All right. So let's let's talk about the movie because it opens with a song, uh, a montage. Todd, one of our favorite sort yep. of things. Uh, it, it opens with a song montage as the lead character Brady, played by Ross Lynch, and Mackenzie or Mac, played by Maya Mitchell. Uh, are surfing and having fun on the beach and laughing and singing and doing all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, and it opens with them just it, – it, it's a nice, easy way to build their relationship, which which I kind of liked because they don't – you know, in this kind of a movie, it's one of those things where you pretty much take the leads are either going to be in love or they're going to fall in love as a given. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this isn't a movie where you're, you're expecting them to deeply develop the relationship. So to put it in that montage, I thought was a, a, a clever way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. One of the things that I thought was interesting was I took me a little while to just keep looking. I kept looking and wondering where they were because I realized that they're in a movie, so I don't necessarily need to know where they are, but you know, I want to know the filming location. So I was really surprised to find out that it was Puerto Rico when they looked it up. Which really explains why the water was so crisp and clean looking. Yeah. I was really surprised at that too. Like during watching the first time, 
I was wondering, are they filming in Australia or New Zealand or something? Um, just because, I don't know, it's cheaper there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They film yeah. all these Disney Channel stuff or Nickelodeon stuff in New Zealand just because it's really cheap. I was wondering, you know. Yeah, this is their fourth time, I think, doing it in uh, Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And Puerto Rico's really works well with the uh, movie industry. They really like to do that. And Disney spent in Puerto Rico, not on the movie, just alone in, in Puerto Rico for all the on-site stuff was $8 million. Wow. Yeah, these, these movies are, I mean, they're relatively cheap, but they're not cheap for TV movies. Yeah. I mean, it costs more than that. That's just the on-location stuff in Puerto Rico. So Right. Yeah, that doesn't include all the, you know, the studio time for, uh, for all the singing. And the surfer, they had to pay to teach my initial. Which was money well spent because she looks like she knew what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah, so we get, the, we get that opening montage just to establish that, you know, it's summer and there's a relationship between Brady and Mac. And, you know, they're, they're saying it's, you know, their best summer ever, or at least Brady is, and, and uh, Mac has this guilty look on her face. And they go inside uh, Mac's grandfather's uh, surf shop, house big, big slash. Papa's, big Papa's yeah. surf shop. Play, played by by Brian Bosworth, or Barry yeah. Boswick. Barry Boswick, not Brian yes. Bosworth, not the football player. <laughs> Barry Boswick, yes. Yes, he uh, doesn't have but, sunglasses on. That's how you tell the difference. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was yes. a really cute casting choice. Uh, yeah, it was. It was good. I mean, he uh, if he, I, I guess probably best known for uh, for family audiences at least as the mayor on Spin City. Yes. Mm-hmm. For non-family audiences, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Exactly. exactly. Um, I'm, I'm guessing they already had him on contract because he's also the grandfather's voice on Phineas and Ferb. He is. Mm-hmm. Oh, that I did not know. Cool. So I'm wondering maybe they said, hey, we have this guy, maybe, and maybe he has a contract with them, so, or whatever. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, so they go inside to see to see Grandpa, which is the only name he's given in the film. And Grandpa is watching a movie called Wet Side Story, which is a beach party movie from the 60s. Uh, and the plot of the film that, that Brady and Grandpa relate as Mackenzie rolls her eyes is that it's bikers and surfers battling for which gangs to hang out at the local hangout, Big, Big Mama's. Uh, Mac, of course, makes fun of it because, you know, the characters start singing for no reason, and when they go in the water, the hair, their hair never gets wet, both of which become important plot points later. Yep. And, and so... And the it, boys are always better than the girls. That's the other... That's the third yes, thing. Yes, that that's right. About. That's yeah. right. So you can see, like, this is... And this is totally what happens in the in those 60s beach movies we were talking about with with Frankie and Annette. I mean, it's it, that's exactly the same thing. It's, you know, uh, it, it, that that's what I was looking forward to was to see how they were going to play off those 60s movies. Like, are they going to make fun of them, but are they going to do it in a respectful way? Which is what I, I think that's the balance that they struck, which I really, really liked. Yeah, I think they understood what the movies are. I mean, look, like we said earlier with these older beach movies is don't go into them expecting cerebral content. No. (laughs) Okay. I mean, you know, you go into them just for the, um, just to get that moment in the sun kind of thing. And it's a lot of singing and dancing. I mean, that's the fundamental thing that goes on in those movies is the singing and dancing. 
I have yes. a similar philosophy with Disney Channel original movies. Which is why it's a good fit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. That's what I really liked about this is, like, this movie is basically, like you're saying, Mark, it's basically an updating of that concept from the 60s. Like, it's, and the way that they're releasing them, I and mean, they release them in the summer, they do them during the summer vacation. It's, hey, here's a little fun pop piece of fluff for you to have some fun with this summer. I mean, it's... It's very much in the same vein. So we, we, get, the, we get the introduction of the, of the 60s beach movie Wet Side Story, and shortly thereafter, uh, in walks Max Ant, who is coming to take her away to private school. And this is where we learn Max's backstory. I felt like Heinz Neufenschmerz should show up and do a little backstory thing right here. But he didn't, so... No, no. I, the important drop at this point, I thought, was that um, they talk about the surfboard. Yes. Right? Which is an old-style surfboard. Now, I know there's names for the two surfboard types, folks. I, I just think of it as the, one, the long one with the roundy end and the pointy, shorter one. So, And this is a longer one with roundy at the end. <laughs> That's the technical term, I think. Yeah, I, no, no, there are names for them. I'm just not a surfer, so I don't know the names, but I've heard them before. Um, and it's got a, it's cool. It's brown and yellow. It's got a nifty little flowery design on it. And it's a, um, it's a hibiscus, I believe. Is it a hibiscus? Is that what it is? I believe. And, oh. Yes. So yeah, we learned about the surfboard. The it's got a, like it's like a yellow surfboard with a brown stripe and a hibiscus painted in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, Barry Bostwick says, or Max says, somebody does that. Basically, uh, it's something to the effect of, you know, this is how our family has found their destiny while surfing on this surfboard. Yeah, he, it's it's the grandfather. He specifically says he, Max's father, both found their destiny on the surfboard. So now, you know, that kind of leads to the fact that you where the movie's going to go, which is that Mac is going to find her her destiny because she's very lost at the beginning of the movie. Right, because her aunt's going to take her away to this private school, right? And she's going to leave leave the beach. Which do we ever find out like where the beach is? Because it looks like Hawaii, but we, as we stated, it is Puerto Rico. But I'm I don't know where it's supposed to be. It it wasn't ever mentioned in the movie, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be California because that's where all the other beach movies took place. That's true. It's true. Yeah, and if it's the if it's the bill to have the you know because the important thing is like I was I was saying before is well he's only referred to as Grandpa in the movie his sign outside his shop says Big Papa Surf Shop, and in the movie is um, Big Mama's hangout place. I don't know what they call it other than the, hangout place. In, in right. the exact same place. In the exact same place, right? They overlap each other in, in the dimensions. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting is this, and. Um, is you notice that he's got a necklace on, right? Yes. And he mentions the thing about the destiny and how that ties to what happens at the end of the movie. Okay, yeah. Right? Where, where what's interesting is that um, Mac, at the end of the movie, ends up with a necklace that has the same symbol as the surfboard on it. Oh, I won't say right. how. We'll get to how. But, and I noticed that he – but I noticed the whole movie, Grandpa has a, a necklace that has a – it's like a shark's tail or something. Oh yeah, right. And, and so I was thinking this was my this was my theory. Cheryl and I dis- didn't discuss the movie necessarily, but we discussed our theory, our side theories, and this was one of the things we discussed was that I felt that perhaps they don't necessarily have sequels yet, 
that they could do, but they could do two prequels, one with Grandpa and one with Dad, right? Because they've kind of sort of set up that maybe they went through the same thing. That's what he meant by Find Their Destiny. Yeah, true. Well, they did set up a sequel at the very end, too, they, but they we do talk yes. about that. Yeah, they, they left a lot of room for, uh, for Teen Beach movie spinoffs, franchisees, etc. It's going to be a thing. Because 13.5 million viewers, trust me, in the cable industry, people will uh, almost literally kill for that. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so pumped for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have no doubt there's going to be more, let's put it that way, assuming that they signed all these guys for, uh, for long-term contracts, which like they did for High School Musical. Yeah, and we'll then they, right, and then if they throw more money at it like they did for 2 and 3 with High School Musical. Well, yep. In case they didn't, they can change, they can go different ways, you know, so. Yeah. True enough. Yeah, so so Brady, of course, is all upset because Mac's going to go off to this private school, leave the beach, all this kind of stuff. And she didn't tell him about it. That's more what he what he's upset about. And she keeps saying that it's her choice, that she had made this, this promise to her aunt that after her mother died, she would go to this school uh, and they were going to leave you know, the very next day to go to the school. Uh, but Brady's saying, you know, this isn't necessarily what you want. It's what you think your mom wants and, and you know, you don't know. Like, you want to be here. And she says, she tells Brady that, you know, they're going to have to break up because they don't want to do the long distance thing. And, and, and this is the very end of the relationship. And she tries to, she tries to make it up to him before, you know, before the sunrise, but, but not so much. Yes. So the next morning. Uh, don't forget to mention, you forgot to mention that the family board glows magically when she storms back inside. Ah, uh, yes. I thought that was in the morning, but I, I, I get my times mixed up. Again, I've only seen it the one time, but but yes, the, the family board does does have a magic glow about it after this this conversation. So Max packing up to leave the next morning and and one thing that is gonna happen that day is that she and Brady had been talking about is this there's this big storm or big swells that are supposed to come the next day, like forty foot high waves, you know, great surfing weather. And so she is all packed up, and she's getting ready to go, and she sees the family board, and she's, she leaves a note and says, you know, I'll be back in time for the flight. Grabs the board, puts on her little wetsuit, and heads out to the beach so that she can, she can surf the magic waves, right? Uh, Brady meets her there, kind of knew that she'd be coming. You know, he, he says the, – the indication is basically that he's, he's not – he's still not happy with her, but he couldn't miss her – you know, last moment on the beach. Uh, so she goes out into the water, and you can probably guess where this is going. The magic surfboard uh, doesn't exactly help her from the giant 40-foot waves. Brady goes out to try and help her on a jet ski after Grandpa gets a little concerned. They, they jump, you know, kind of catching on the board. They get swept away it, from the storm. And it's, it's kind of creepy, actually, because the, the scene changes. They go underwater, and then all you see is this calm water. And when I was watching it with my daughter, I'm like, she like it was long enough to where she could go. Are they gonna come out? <laughs> <laughs> did did this remind you of something else? Uh, no. The, remember, remember back to the beach, the big under from Cowabunga. Oh, right? the cow, the big Cowabunga from down under from back to the beach. No, that's not what I was talking okay. about, actually. <laughs> That's why. Is it sad that I remember that? Um, <laughs> I did too. So there we go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no. Uh, remember in the pirates movie when they go to rescue dead Captain Jack? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Where they flip, uh, they flip the scene in part in in at World's End. Yes, right. And it goes from dark to light, and that whole thing. It it was oh. like exactly the same to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. I see. I got you. Except in that one, you you could see the actors, right? You could see them upside down in the ship underwater. Correct. This this one, they pop to the surface. Yeah. Um, so so the board pops up first, and then and then Brady and Mac pop up. Uh, and they, as they get onto the beach, they they all of a sudden see that there's this group of kids running out onto the beach that are dressed a little strangely. They talk a little strangely, and soon they break into song and start performing the song "Surf Crazy." And Brady <laughs> realizes where they are. They are in the movie. They are in Wet Side Story. Uh, and and kind of my biggest laugh of the movie is Brady starts joining in. With, because he knows all the songs and he's yep. doing all the dance moves. My favorite part is Mac trying to do the same. And she's totally not fitting in. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, no, she's not. So did, did you know that uh, it's Jeffrey Hornaday who does the choreography and di- direction in this movie? Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. know where he's from? Captain EO? Captain EO. Which I thought was interesting because if you pay attention to the dances in this movie, Captain EO is very much about movement, the, the choreography. And I mean, I know all choreography is, but what I mean is it, it's about a lot of motion with the arms and swinging and stuff like that. Right, Captain EO? Because that was kind of sort of a Michael Jackson thing. Yeah. yeah. And that plays into almost all the dances in this movie, numbers in this movie, when you think about it, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. A lot of, there's a lot of shoulder popping and a lot of arm movement going on in, in everything. And this is a really good indication of it. I just figured that out. Yeah. So, so what we're saying is in order for Disney to have a successful Disney Channel original musical, they need to hire a Michael Jackson choreographer. Well, to be fair, Jeffrey Hornaday is also a Madonna, Stevie Nicks, Miley Cyrus choreographer, <laughs> etc. So Miley Cyrus choreographer. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying the common link. You had Kenny Ortega for High School Musical. You got Hornaday for this one. The common link here is MJ. Uh, I guess. I guess that's true. Yeah. 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 It's the key to success, Disney. Just saying. Yeah. So so here's where the here's where the conflict comes in between Brady and Mac because Brady, of course, he's like, "Hey, it's endless summer. We're in a, we're in my favorite movie, and it's the endless you know beach party." Which I have to admit, I was with him, even though I didn't particularly like his character that much. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I was I was like, it's enjoyable because they really are conflicted, but at the same time, I mean, you know, just the dichotomy of the two of them fighting each other is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I liked his character. I don't like the. I don't like. I am not a fan of this actor. No way. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Mark doesn't I, like him at all. No, I, I I don't like him on Austin and Alley, and I didn't think I didn't think he brought anything to this role. Now Maya Mitchell, I will say as Mac, I thought she was fantastic. See that my concern was they didn't give her enough lines. I, I agree. really I really yeah. think they were scared of her accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's true. I mean, because she's Australian. Yes, but yeah. I mean, they like her lines are like one liners or two liners. And she doesn't say in a long, like, one sentence, maybe two sentences at one at most. And then, so they're not giving her enough to portray whether I'm going to like her or not. 
because again, I think they were scared of her accent, and I don't know who was scared, and they should have just given her a try. And worst case, you know, I don't know. Maybe she got an accent from being in the movie. I don't know. They could have written it in <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I really liked her casting. Um, I enjoyed almost all the casting except for Ross Lynch because they didn't really hire known Disney Channel actors. The only stunt casting was really Ross Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, true. And I appreciate, like, all the dancers they hired were actual dancers or actual singers and not Disney Channel stars. Yeah. No, and and that's not typical for them, right? They've The last few, you know, original movies they've done, they've they've tried to... You know, oh, absolutely. All of all of them have like, oh, well, here is the latest. You know, shake it up or kicking yep. it or whatever those shows are. Here are the stars, and let's put out some singles and albums yep. and stuff. Although the one, I, although we're right now dissing Disney regarding what they're doing, regardless, I do want to say something that they did do good. That they did, sorry, that they did do well. Um, is that they. The Nick Patera, who if who if you watch Pixar is like one of the team builders, and you've seen him sing on Ellen, they picked him for this um, Find Your Voice campaign, and they did one of his his YouTube videos singing one of the songs from The Little Mermaid. So I was really impressed that they they you know again they could have picked any of the Disney Channel stars to do it. And they picked, you know, they picked him. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I really enjoyed her in the movie, and I really enjoyed um, the 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 dichotomy here, like you were saying, Todd. Of, of you know, he he's like all about it. Let's live it up, and she is, you know, she just wants to figure out how does she get out of this. She's got to go on the. She's got to catch a plane. She's got to go to the school. Da 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 da. And so they introduced the concept of, like, at the end of the, you know, they were in a storm and they hit a giant wave, and that's how they got there. He says, well, at the end of the movie, there's a storm and a giant wave, so that's probably how we get back. And, he, you know, in the meantime, let's enjoy ourselves. She's not necessarily convinced, uh, but they go into Big Mama's, the, the diner hangout place, and start talking to the surfers. Uh, the surfers are, are very suspicious of them. I love this scene because the modern the modern words that are slang versus the 1960s words that are slang, this scene was awesome in that respect. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> they try, they're trying to find common words. That was yeah. <laughs> can, can I tell you what this reminded me of? Uh, so a, f- a few weeks ago, I guess it was, I got a, a book... Uh, Tales of the Batman by Jim Aparo. So it's like late 60s, around the same time frame as Wet Side Story is supposed to be set. Uh, So there's there's an issue in there that uh, I've been sharing it with my son, and one of the issues is like, Batman goes into the the, this slum in the inner city and it's, you know, it's kids like these surfers, right? And he's trying to relate to them, but he can't because they're speaking in this lingo. So he has to bring in, like, Robin in order to translate for him. That's what this reminded me of. That's awesome. Yeah. I I also like that this whole scene between now, when they go into Big Mama's, and the next song is just endless Grease references. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, this movie references so many old like '60s films. It's not even funny, and it's it's great. And Happy Days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because Butchie's uh, sister there, she is dressed in all pink, and and she's all dressed, which is what Pinky Tuscadero from Happy Days was. Yes, folks, I'm also a Happy Days fan on top of everything else, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days we'll get into a Happy Days versus Cheers debate on this show, but that's that's a whole other day. <laughs> But, yeah, so they go into the train, introducing themselves to the surfers. The surfers are really suspicious because, like Todd said, they're not speaking the same language. And then the bikers come in, and this sets up the whole conflict of, of the Wet Side Story movie within the movie, right? Of the bikers want to hang out, and the surfers want to hang out. The bikers start singing their song, Cruising for a Bruising, and Brady actually, like, joins in, puts on a biker jacket, plays guitar, all this kind of stuff. I mean, he's leading the entire song, which is... It, it, it's it's funny, it's crazy. This is the one part of Ross Lynch that I liked in the movie. I mean, I really did not like his performance in the movie, but okay. this part I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a really good song, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so the, the, the song's called Cruising for a Bruising, uh, and it's Brady taking the lead. And uh, Mark, I, I hear this was one you really liked, huh? Yeah, I really like the choreography of this one. Like, when I'm brushing my teeth or uh, walking <laughs> walking to class, I like to dance and jam out to this. It's really fantastic. And I, like you guys, I wasn't really a fan of Ross Lynch, but in this song, I really liked him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Ross Lynch, if you're listening, you should hold doors for people. You should. I mean, it's okay if you don't hold the door. Just don't push it back in my face. That would be really nice, Rosslyn. <laughs> Just saying. Just throwing it in his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they they finish the song. They go outside, and, and Maya's. You know, she's or Maya. I keep referring to the actress, but Mac is upset. She's like, you know, we're still. We're still in the movie. We don't know if we're going to get out. I mean, it's great to have a good time and all. And the next thing they know, they end up in different clothes. The surfboard is sitting right there next to them. Uh, and, and it's nighttime, whereas it had been daytime before. Well, that, so that's just after they get invited to the party. They get invited to the party, then suddenly and mysteriously it's night for the time for the party. Right. By the way, to the, I, I love the – this is the bit where she describes why she thinks this is crazy, Right. right. So she uses another movie that they both watch, right, to describe it. Such a good because she, I just like this because it's very funny. Because this movie scares me. I never, if Disney ever makes this movie, I don't know what to, what to think of it. She says, "Remember that movie with the robot who drank the liquid from an abandoned spaceship and turned into a vampire at middle school teacher who taught the entire school to salsa dance and then went on to win the regional championships." And Mac and Brady goes to Mac, "Yeah," and she goes, "That makes more sense than this." <laughs> Which, yeah, now I really want Disney Channel to make that movie. <laughs> yes, I want ABC to make that movie. Oh goodness, ABC is not making anything. <laughs> <laughs> They're making Agents of Shield premiering September twenty fourth. Yes. yes, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, but yes, so they they go back inside to the big party. So to to flash back a little bit to the beginning of the movie when Grandpa and Brady are watching the movie uh, in, in the surf shop. Mm-hmm. You know, 
they are reciting a Brady's favorite scene, which is the moment in the movie where Layla, the sister of the lead biker, um, falls for Tanner, the head of the surfers. Literally, she falls off the stage while she's singing Tanner catches her, and that's the moment where they fall in love. So that's the moment where we are in, in, yes. inside the movie within the movie. Also, it's not a party. It's a shindig. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> but yes, and apparently, so all the bikers come in in the middle of this whole shindig and everybody's dancing and having a good time. And apparently it's open mic night because all of a sudden Layla just goes up and starts singing, which if you've ever seen the Beach Party movies, is pretty consistent with how those movies work. Mm-hmm. This was probably my favorite number. I loved it. Yep, she, she sings a song called Fallen For You. It was really, like, reminiscent of songs from that era, like girl groups, and I love that. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And what's, what I found interesting was, like, clear, clearly the, the singing voice was dubbed over the scene, right? Right. But she's the way she's moving her lips and everything is very consistent with it. But I so I know it's lip syncing, but it played really interesting. I thought because it made the scene have this very surreal feel to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I thought her lip syncing wasn't bad as as other people's in this movie. <laughs> uh, true. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't the only one. There was there was a a, a bit of bad lip syncing in this movie, uh, quite a bit actually, especially compared to the High School Musical movies, which actually did it quite well. Yeah, but yeah, th- so we have this scene where where the lead uh, biker girl is singing her "Fallen for You" song, and then Maya or Mac and and Brady are fighting, and sort of, you know, she she. They get sucked into these two separate dances, and then she's trying to get out. She just has had enough, right? She wants to leave. So what ends up happening is Mac bumps into Tanner, and Tanner starts looking at her, Whereas, and then Layla starts falling off the stage, and Brady has to get her. And you can kind of see where this is going, right? They have interrupted the plot of the movie. And another great gag that I thought was, like, right after that, after the two of the, you know, after they drop tanner and layla and move on because those two have clearly fallen in love with them everyone's just standing around looking at each other because they don't know how the movie's supposed to go from there right (laughs) my issue was that he he mentions the drop and that he knew it wasn't a long drop so why did he bother trying to other than being a gentleman which it was probably probably because, like he says, he's been dreaming about that since the fifth grade. Like he jumps into these dances, he tries to convince uh, Mac to do it as well. He just loves it there, so he's probably just doing like his, uh, you know, being a hero thing. Okay. Yeah. No, but I absolutely agree with you. Like Ross Lynch, why did you ruin this movie? <laughs> <laughs> why did you leave everything alone? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't care for for him, and I think we're all together on that one. But the the so they they realize they have to fix this. They have to make Tanner and Layla fall in love. And that's how they fix the movie because otherwise, what's going to happen is the big wave at the end of the movie is not going to happen. Right. And then she specifically asks at this point 
is there anything else going on in this movie that could possibly interfere with the storm? <laughs> Which is where we get... Uh, I, and by the way, this, this whole plot I'm about to tell you is not from one of those old beach party movies, but there were a lot of similar things in those old beach party movies. Uh, the villains Les Camembert and Dr. Fusion... Uh, are going to try to build a weather machine that's going to No, 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 a diabolical weather-altering machine. Thank you. Use its full name. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) In order to control the weather, make everything stormy so that it would chase the surfers and bikers away, they would take over the whole beach, including Big Mamas, and build condominiums and whatever else. So, I mean, I'm... Having seen some of those old beach movies, this is actually somewhat more believable than some of the plots that were in those. Although it is more of a Scooby-Doo plot. It's true. <laughs> and I but do the- like that they chose um, Bertram from, from, from Jesse as, as Dr. Fusion. Nice. True. They did. My, my daughter recognized him from Jesse. Yeah, so it's, it's that same night we, they sneak into uh, the lighthouse to see the two villains and that they're building the – the what was the full name again, Todd? The Diabolical Weather-Altering Machine. Thank you. Uh, and then when they get back to the beach, they there's a musical number called Meant to Be where uh, – Mac is trying to explain to Tanner how the two of them may not be so compatible. Brady's trying to be mean to Layla to convince them that, you know, hey, there's somebody else you, you might want to be with. Uh, and, you know, they're singing this meant-to-be song where Layla and Tanner are singing, you know, you're meant to be with me. And Brady and Mac are kind of singing back, not so much. Well, over the course of the song, they get back into it. Yeah. They start – that's the thing. Like, they start – feeling more and more like the movie, which I thought was a neat touch, right? Like that, you know, you can't be in the movie for very long without becoming part of it. Yeah. Um, Well, this was a really cute number. Um, I only had like one little problem with it. What's that? Doesn't it sound like this would be like a more appropriate song for High School Musical? Just like the, the sound of it didn't mesh up with the other songs, I thought. You mean the la 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 la? Well, no, like just just all of it. It just sounded so like that song from High School Musical. The um, I don't know, whatever the love song is in High School Musical. It sounded like it would have been a good poppy fit over there, as opposed to all the other ones in this movie, which were like you know classic girl groups. Um, the biker song, the surf song. Well, it, in in the beach movies, they always have one song that's kind of a B-side song, and it always takes place at a campfire. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I, think that's, I think that this is that song. Well, this was like the, one of the main songs, though. Like, no, no, but, I, but, yeah. it's, but it's taking place at night outside, kind of sort of after the party. Yeah. And they have all the beach stuff going, all the various things along the beach, and I think this is that, that B-side. Even though it, you're right, because not only is it the, it, it's really the main song, because it's the only song that, other than Surf Crazy, which is the bookend song. Mm-hmm. Right? This is the one that gets reprised. Yeah. yeah. This is the one they were really trying to make a hit. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell in each of the High School Musical movies, you can see, like, okay, this is the song we want people to really walk away with. And I feel like because they reprised it so much, and frankly, to my mind, a little too much, uh, you could tell this is the one they were trying to really get people to go with. 
Yeah. Yeah. The lyrics in it are great, though. In this, they song. are, but I didn't feel like it was a good fit. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Mark. I think it was like it, it feels a little too modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's very poppy, current pop, though. Right. I guess if you gotta have one dud, oh well. Yeah, but then they have to reprise it over and over again. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, there is no Dick Dale playing electric guitar, speed guitar, in this movie. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> this, this, this is a true statement, yes. But yes, so we have we have that song. We have, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out, Mac and Brady are trying to figure out, well, okay, that's not working. We've somehow got to convince these two to get together. Uh, so Mac gets herself invited to a slumber party with Layla so to hopefully do that, and then Brady is going to hang out with Tanner at Big Mama's. So they go to the slumber party, and Layla is it, – it, it's kind of funny because Layla's in there. You know, they're talking about how all the boys ask them out and, and all this kind of stuff. And Max trying to be the, the modern girl and say, well, you can just ask them out or, you know, you can do anything they can do, uh, which is the same sort of thing that's going on with the boys. The boys are saying how, you know – you should be you should be more like me, and that's the name of the song is like me uh, that they are singing kind of in tandem. There's a there's a singing in the in Big Mamas and the singing at the slumber party at the same time, basically kind of co- comparing and contrasting modern attitudes with the '60s beach movie attitudes, right? And um, the really bad Angry Birds joke. Oh, yes. Man. Oh man. <laughs> This joke is one of my least favorite things in this movie, and I just can't get over it. It feels so forced. It was extremely forced because it goes. It, it also goes I on a little it. long. It does, and then and then Ross Lynch even has to say, like, "Oh, you mean angry? Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Why don't you put like?" A big marquee on the screen. Right. Well, <laughs> it, it's also out of place because it's not even a Disney product. So exactly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be in there. I agree with you guys. It kind of takes you out of the movie for a second. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It could have been worse. Could have been where's my water or something. <laughs> oh my goodness! That, that's true. There could have been a where's my water joke. If this that, is a, if that alligator point. made an appearance, we're gonna have to watch this frame by frame. You know, to see, to see somewhere <laughs> in the background. It's probably sitting on a shelf somewhere in Big Rock or something like that. He might be. Subliminal messaging. <laughs> I have to go download this game now. Oh, wait, I already <laughs> Yeah, so Mac and Brady realize they're not having much success. The, the key to their success actually turns out to be the fact that um, Layla and Mac reconvene in, in their slumber party apparel later. Uh, and and Layla confesses that she wants to learn to surf, uh, and Mac gets the idea like, oh well, you should ask Brady to teach you because he's really good at surfing. He taught me how to surf, so they can she concocts this plan, which basically she would send Layla walking down the beach, uh, and or Layla's going to walk down the beach to meet Brady. She's going to meet Tanner, send him down the beach to meet, uh, and that she would catch up with him. The idea being the two of them would get together that way. Uh, which does end up working, just in sort of a roundabout I, way. I know, but you you skipped the interesting number. What the can't stop singing number? Y- yes. Well, because it happens right after this. I thought right that was after right before. No, it's right after she sends Tanner walking. Oh, is it? Okay. 
Yeah. Because you're right, because she gets, a, she gets the thing from him, and then she goes and sings, and then they get kidnapped. You're absolutely right. Yep. Yeah, because Tanner gives her this crown of flowers, and then she sends him down the beach, goes to meet Brady to say this is what's going on, and all of a sudden they realize that there's, you know, she kind of falls off of a rock because she's getting frustrated, and she falls into the shallow water, but her hair's not wet. And then all of a sudden she starts singing a song, literally called Can't Stop Singing, uh, and they realize that they're becoming part of the movie. Yes. I, the, the first time I saw this song, I was kind of sort of not excited by it, but it's really grown on me because once, once I realized how good she is fighting against being in the musical number while being yes. forced to sing, I, re- I suddenly realized that this is like a brilliant thing they're doing. It's oh, it's a ukulele. That's the other. Yeah. No. Oh, well, it, it, yeah. Because you know why? Because there's always like that. That's one of the things that's missing. I mean, there there's a guitar in the beginning, but it's an electric guitar, and there's the um, there's this other song, and they're playing, and he starts off with the guitar, but then throws it away. But this is the only one where there's a guitar playing, con- you know, like a non-electric instrument playing continuously. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I thought that was interesting because it's it's something that the the beach movies always have the acoustic guitar, and that's missing in this movie. This is as close as we come. Well, yeah. Well, you had Tanner had a guitar at the very beginning. Right, but he but chucks that, it that in the it. very beginning of the of the Men's yep. Be movie music. <laughs> he that's plays, right. He plays like one thing and then gone. <laughs> yep. I but love I, this song. <laughs> I, do. I do too. And you're right, Maya Maya Mitchell really sold it. Um, she was just so fantastic in this song. And then Ross Lynch kind of forcing her along, too. I just thought it was so funny. When yeah. you realize they're fighting like things like the arm movements and stuff like that, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's just so well done. And I didn't really... Well, well, on her side it is. On her side it is. Well, yeah. he's, he's not fighting it like she is. Remember, she, he's never really fighting being part of the movie. Yeah. He's yeah. super excited about it. So he's yeah. kind of sort he kind of sort of gets into it because I think because he's enjoying watching her having to suffer through it. Uh, I I think he's just not good at acting, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we one little small thing that we skipped over is the best Tanner line in the whole movie. Yes, which is which is where he's talking with Mac and she goes, "You know what? You're a pretty smart guy." And then he goes, "Yeah, but more pretty." And he skips off. I, <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be my quote. <laughs> oh, it'd still be your quote, dude. Oh no, it's totally okay. be your quote. I'll do another one. <laughs> I love Tanner. Like, he, I, the first time I watched it, I really disliked him, but because I was just like, this this guy is so stupid, and I realized that's how he was meant to be in the movie. And I just once I accepted that and got over it, he just became so hilarious. Right, he's supposed to be vapid and pretty, and and he does it so well because the whole yes. The whole deep voice thing to sound more meaningful, and then, he, and, then, and then like when he talks with Layla later on, and she goes, "Who said that?" And he goes, "I just did." <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's just brilliant. I really want a meet and greet Tanner in Typhoon Lagoon because I just want to see how he acts, like the stepsisters from Cinderella. Oh. I want to see like that character interacting with guests. Can he, can he hold it that way and stuff like that? Yeah. I want to see if that's possible. I mean, there, there's got to be some sepia that just uh, 
<laughs> has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he is he is like a, he's a one note character, but the the actor plays that one note so perfectly that it makes it just really really work. Yeah, like um, that scene in the beginning where he does the what thing. And he just walks up. He like pushes his way through the crowd. He's like, "Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me," and he just stops and he goes, "What?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like that line would be so meaningless if it wasn't delivered that way by that character, and it's like one word, and it's brilliant. Yes. The one thing I did like, let's go back to the singing part, because yep. I can't stop singing, is I like the, 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 I don't know, the instant background for the song. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh, yes. Like the, <laughs> the puppets and stuff. That was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's it's brilliantly done. The whole thing. I, I just, I mean, if you haven't watched this yet, people, when you get to this scene, you might just want to replay it again afterwards to realize all the little things that are going on in it. Yeah, absolutely. But so so. Meanwhile, back to Ponderosa, uh, Les Camembert and Doctor Fusion have sort of caught on that you know somebody knows what they're up to, so they capture Mac and Brady and take them to their lair. Which lets us have some time with Layla and Tanner and some of the other characters as they they meet each other, uh, sort of confess. You know, it, it's it's great because they fall in love in the briefest of instants because she wants to surf, uh, he wants to learn how to ride a motorcycle, and that's pretty much all they need to fall in love. But like, it's so perfect because it's exactly within character of those of those characters. Like, you don't need the montage of the others. No, but then she. I like that they have to because they're forced by the movie and this is where the movie is re-railing itself this yes. scene where they meet so she actually climbs up onto the rock and falls off and he catches her so that that's kind of the moment when the movie is suddenly back on track and then everybody appears from out of nowhere to start singing and dancing like they did in the in the uh, big mama scene yeah. right exactly it's it's it, it's just that up until you know this is the bookend for the for the part of the movie that's quote-unquote broken it was a very nice touch yeah I, and that's what I mean. I think that they really thought things through. Yeah. yeah. This, this movie could have been such a disaster, but, you know, oh, they yeah. really put a lot of time into it. Yes, absolutely. I, like, they made, the, they made this silly story make sense within itself, which we've talked about before a lot, right? Like, you can have the craziest situation in the world but as long as within the world that you've built the rules are consistent people will go there with you uh and and they did that that goes all the way back to our sorcerer's apprentice episode yep (laughs) oh my goodness was that like episode two (laughs) it was like yeah two or three or something like yeah it goes back quite a bit but that's like the first time that we talked about that but which by the way in that movie they did not do that no they didn't that was part of our conversation yes (laughs) Which says something that they were more consistent in Teen Beach Movie than in Sorcerer's Apprentice. But that's a whole other discussion for another yeah. day. <laughs> but yes, and so the, they figure out what, – what I love is that since the movie has re – you know, like you said, it's re-railed itself. I love that term, Todd. I'm going to use that now. Uh, <laughs> they like, There's no reason why they would know that Mac and Brady have been captured that – you know, Camembert and Dr. Fusion are building the diabolical weather-altering device. Uh, they, they, there is Let's, no reason they would know this. 
and the, and they just know it. That's the most yes. amazing thing. They pick up. They they literally go from p- finding her thing on the beach. Okay, the the thing that Tanner gave her goes. Why would she lose this? And, <laughs> and he's like, she would never take this off. Something must be wrong. And suddenly you're back on Scooby Doo plot. <laughs> right. Which and, which they've never been introduced to in the entire movie. It's just that now the movie's back on track, so that's where they're supposed to go next. Right. Because they were supposed to be the ones who discover the lighthouse. They were supposed to have this knowledge. So suddenly they just have this knowledge, and there's no connection as to how they got it from what we saw. <laughs> yeah. Which and it works. It works perfectly because I mean, off they go. They go. They storm the lighthouse. The surfers and the bikers team up together. They go. You know, they go to Big Mama's and convince everybody to team up. Uh, they, which is exactly what's supposed to happen in the movie. Uh, they go off to the lighthouse, and we have this like madcap '60s scene of like everybody running around the lighthouse, chasing people, and you know, pulling wires and all this kind of stuff. Is that love? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, what we forgot to discuss is that. Um, that uh, they tell Doctor Fusion that he's actually a bad character in a in a in a movie. Yes, Mac and Brady tell him that. Yes, and they start to become self-aware. <laughs> they do. Yes. Which may they... be the explanation for why the movie ends the way it does, but we can get to that in a second. True. Good point. Uh, yeah. So, long story short, I know too late. Uh, Mac and Brady get freed, and you know everything. Everything starts turning back to the way it's supposed to do. The weather machine blows up, which is the catalyst for the big storm. Uh, Doctor Fusion and Camembert go flying into the air in probably the worst computer backdrop scene you've ever seen. But it fits with the fact that it's a bad '60s movie. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, they land in the ocean, and Doctor Fusion starts relating the story that you know he is a character from a movie, and Les Camembert says, "Well, tell me more." <laughs> What's missing that? Yes. <laughs> uh, me- meanwhile, the, at the beach, you know the, the and, and again, there is no way that anyone but Mac and Brady should know that they have to go into the the ocean on the surfboard into a storm in order to get back where they're going. But everyone knows what they're doing and why they're there. <laughs> you, you know what else I loved about the destroying the machine? Is she just ends up destroying it with a bobby pin. Of course. Yes. I just, I mean, it had to happen that way, right? Absolutely. My idea is that Layla was maybe... Maya's Muller in the movie, like Maya's Muller was actually in this movie somehow, because she gives her the the charm off her neck. Right, and the charm is the same as the as I mentioned in the beginning. It's the same flower that's on the surfboard. Yep. Right. Yeah. So there, there's a there's a good chance for a tie, and because of what I was saying, where you know, and and what Cheryl's saying ties in with what I was saying, where if if dad if Mac's dad went back and met mom. Right, mm-hmm. you know, it could all be just fitting together. And he was Big Papa, and Big Mama's in the movie. There's a lot going on there that I think they're just secret stuff we don't know. Either that, or we're way too into this movie. Either one. No, I got that vibe too. Yeah, I think it's all of the above. We are way into this movie, but <laughs> but that's okay. But uh, you can see where this is going. They they like she gets the necklace from Layla. They they ride the surfboard. They show back up in uh, in the original part of the movie with Grandpa and the Aunt. Uh, Mac says, you know, I want to spend the rest of the year here with Brady. You know, follow her heart. Follow my heart. 
you know, all that kind of stuff. Her aunt says it's okay, and all of a sudden everybody starts singing and dancing. In the real world, uh, the, the final song surfs up, which is supposed to be like the we're all in this together type moment, yep. which I thought was good. And she finally gets her I'm Mac right. Yes. Well, to be fair, she did say I'm Mac in the original one, but she said it really... She wasn't like, fitting in. Not into it at all. No yeah, well, way. that was the thing. Is we, that was what we were saying before. Is, is she's gone from being awkward and fighting the moment to actually relishing the moment again. Which, because, yeah. you know, she's she's very happy with Brady in that beginning scene, right? This is actually, if you think back to High School Musical, it's the same thing, right? You have the the upset, and then the surfing is like the equivalent of the basketball. Remember, we talked that um, whenever he dribbles in High School Musical, that's how he he gets himself back on track. Right, yeah. right. It's it's kind of sort of the same core theme going on, where where they go from happy to sad, and then they find their way back to happy again. Yeah, so they have their their little end, you know, their end singing and dancing moment. Um, it's a nice, you know, parallel between the, between the beginning, like you said, Todd. Uh, it, but what I really liked was the the post credit scene. So the you know, as as I think it should be referred to from now on, the Nick Fury moment. Okay. So, as as Layla Tanner and some of <clears throat> some of the other bikers and surfers wash up on the beach and like their hair's wet, their clothes are wet, which is how you know they're in the real world. And this modern day surfer tries to get them to use his cell phone to call for help, and you know they just they're marveling at the whole thing, like what is this? I like I like how initially they're freaked out because it's a picture of Justin Bieber on the phone, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they all go, Wah! which would freak anybody out, I think. Yeah. And the movie ends with them huddling around the phone. Yep. And that's the setup for the sequel that we mentioned before. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. you, got, you got prequels, you got sequels you can make. I, I have a feeling Disney's making something. Yeah, I don't think they're going to ignore it. Well, it's, it's so popular. How could they not ignore it? Yeah. Yep. I, I bet we get. I, I mean, not not ignore it. Sorry. Yeah, I, I bet we get an announcement soon that uh, that something's coming out. If not, you know, already by the time this show comes out. I know because like Planes isn't even out yet, and they already announced a sequel. So why not announce a sequel for this? Um, Didn't they announce two sequels? Planes will already be out for this. Touch. Sorry, We're sorry, yes, yeah, I'm sorry, folks. By the time you hear this, planes will be out. But when we're recording this, planes is not out yet. But yeah, they announced uh, there's planes, fire, and rescue is is literally mentioned at the end of the credits. And then like now that they've gone through previews, they actually put it into the last official movie lineup announcement. Yep, July eighteenth. Oh boy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but that uh, that's a teen, teen Beach movie. It was, I, I have to say, I was like I said from the get go. I mean, when we were talking about this in January, it was one of those things that could go one of two ways. It could either go very well with you know uh, with them taking the genre of the beach movie seriously and having some good you know good songs and and good acting and that sort of thing, or it could just go horribly wrong. And I think either would have been entertaining, but the first was a better option. And I think that's where we landed. I think we landed with you know uh, good songs, good acting, good story. Um, you know, it's not. I'll say for me, it's not on the par with the High School Musical films, but it's you know it's it's definitely. Better than Camp Rock, or like you were saying, Mark, some of the some of the more recent churn out the stars type movies they've been mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. yeah, 
and like like you said too, they have a lot to draw on for the future. They have all this stuff that we talked about for prequels and sequels. There's other themes from the other movies that they can fit into it. There's other beach movies that even go beyond Frankie and Annette, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we should state that Frankie and Annette that that those beach movies are not Disney products. No, they are not. Okay, which is something we didn't say at the beginning. Is they're just they're playing off of those, but it, they have nothing to do with Disney. Um, though Frankie and Annette themselves do, but that's you know. Correct. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and then those beach movies they spawn racing movies and skiing movies, and so there's and, uh, just there's well, a haunted place. house one. There's a haunted house movie. Oh, the the haunted house one is the one that was the last Frankie and Annette movie, I think. For yes, it was, <laughs> and, and there's the reason for that. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a reason for that. Well, we already have Haunted Mansion, so it can't be any worse than Hayden Murphy and Haunted Mansion, right? Uh, no, no. It's, it, it, I've seen it. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 bad. <laughs> so, but yeah, but this movie isn't though. That's you know. I no, that's what I'm hearing from everybody. Yeah, that's the truth. All right, so let's uh, let's rate this on a scale of one to five. Uh, we'll let our special guest Mark go first. What did you think of Teen Beach Movie? Uh, I took a lot of time deliberating on this because I really enjoyed it. But based on my semi-objective scale that I rate DCOMs at, I have to give it a four out of five. Um, I really wanted to give it a five out of five because I really did enjoy it so much, but... Like, I had a problem with um, Ross Lynch's acting and with that musical number and with that really stupid Angry Birds joke. So I had to bring it down to a four. All right, Cheryl, what'd you think? I'm also going to knock it down for a four and down for the same reason, the Ross Lynch. <laughs> I think they could have pulled somebody else from their, their stable there. Yeah, just rename this podcast the Ross Lynch Hating Project. <laughs> um, you know, I just, you know, but I felt it was a good movie. I really did. I, I definitely think it's, you know, worth, you know, obviously it showed that because it had great ratings when it first came out. Yeah, it's true. Todd, what do you think? So I am also going to go with the four, though not because I dislike Ross Lynch. I mean, this is honestly the first thing that I've seen Ross Lynch in. So I don't have I don't have the preconceived notions of door slamming. It's and also the shows. first thing I've seen him in as well. But but he slammed the door in your face. It's a big <laughs> exactly. difference there. Right. <laughs> Literally slammed the door in your face. <laughs> so for so for me, it's just it's. I'm looking at it compared to other successes that Disney's put out and and the fact that it's not the highest quality movie in terms of overall movie quality, but like I said, I agree wholeheartedly with Ryan that they really found the right balance to keep it funny and keep it you know meaningful at the same time. Yeah, I, I mean, and I agree. I think that's the that's the whole idea is that it's you know this is this was a tough one. You know, to be honest, like I, 
it was going to be hard to get the tone right. And and I think that's why it's not, you know, like for me, I, I think I gave the original High School Musical either a four or a five. I, that, that's why for me it's not quite on that scale because it's hard to really care about the characters. Like, I'll be honest, I, I really don't, like, I, you know from minute one what Mac's going to do. You know what I mean? Like, she's going to stay at the beach. You know that instantly. There's no there's no surprises to it, and I really didn't care about that conflict. And, like, I knew they were going to get out of the movie, so I didn't really care about that. You know, it's just a fun ride, so you go along with it. Uh, so I think that's where I'd mark it down is that, you know, I don't really care about the conflict or the characters, but it's, that's okay because I kind of like the world that they built and what they were doing within it. So it was fun. Just It was just kind of a fun place to hang out, which I think is what it, – it, it's like we said, it's in the spirit of those beach party movies. So I would give it a three and a half, but, but I definitely liked it. I think, I think people who come into this prejudging, which there's a lot that happens a lot with, with these kinds of movies. Um, you shouldn't do that with this. You should definitely go in with an open mind and just, you know, take it for what it is and try to enjoy it. I find it really funny that, uh, for this movie, you, didn't really care about the characters because that's exactly how I felt with High School Musical. Like, we knew Endgame. We knew that uh, Zach and Vanessa were going to get together. We knew that they were going to become the leads. And it really was all about the journey, I thought. Yeah, that's true. But I thought their journey, I mean, just my opinion, I thought their journey was a little more, like, there was a little more to it. Like, the whole struggle of fitting in in high school and, uh, finding your place yeah. and identity and things. I thought like that was at least a struggle that, that I could identify with a little bit, although I was well out of high school when that movie came out. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's all different, right? You know, it just depends on what, what piece you like and what things you, you, you like with, uh, with high school music and teen beach movie. I think, I think both are equally, you know, fun and enjoyable. So if, if you're looking for, for a good time of something to watch, you know, I, I think you can pop either in and, and really enjoy it. So, all right, so that is going to do it for, for this week's episode and our look at Teen Beach Movie. So if you have questions, comments, concerns, snide remarks, or you disagree with us, uh, please let us know. Go over to Facebook and find us there, Disney Film Project. On Twitter, we are at Diz Film Project. Or, of course, you can always leave a note in the show notes for this episode at DisneyFilmProject.com. So I want to thank Mark for joining us. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, so make sure you uh, check him out on. Tw- can they find you on Twitter? Yes, they can find me on Twitter. I am at Diba Disney, D I B A Disney. There you go. All right. So check. Make sure you're following Mark on Twitter. Uh, I am. It's always good for a good time. Uh, and then for Todd and Cheryl and myself, we will uh, see you next week, folks. We only have one loose screw left, and then we'll be ready to change the world. Girls tend to overcomplicate things. Are you serious? No, I'm Tanner. And this thing never won an Oscar. I'm telling Mom. Yeah, this was not one where... You fudged, Brian. Okay. Yeah. Is that 60 slang? I'm telling Mom. I know Uh, you have a son right there. Yeah. Just on the verge of that. Stop it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, High School Musical came out, like, what, 10 years ago? So... Stop it. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling mom. Can I just go la da la? No, I can't do that. <laughs> no. I'm telling mom. 
teen beach movies should be nominated for all the all the Emmys, I guess. Can't win Oscars, but maybe if they give it a theatrical release. <laughs> I'm telling mom. La 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 la. Sorry. La 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 la